Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Gabbing with Gib. So... Outside of the season of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City that just wrapped up, the only other thing that I can really think about these days has been the second season of The Traders. It continues to deliver episode after episode, and it's one of those seasons of reality TV that is so entertaining and rewarding and just delicious that the one-week period that we have to wait for new episodes honestly feels like a month. We got those first three, and then since then, it's been one episode a week, then another episode, then a week. And it is tough. I'm a huge proponent of the week-to-week drops on streaming, but man, is it hard to wait to find out who the traders are murdering each week and who they'll all vote to banish. Life is hard, you guys. And one of my favorite parts about this current season has been the discourse online that has resulted in this low-stakes kind of war of words between Bravo fans and reality competition show fans. Both sides think that their people are playing better games and making smarter moves. And there's this protectiveness on either side too that I'm finding to be like low-key endearing. Sometimes it gets a little too serious or a little too heated, but ultimately it's just this really fascinating dynamic that's at play both on the show and among viewers of the show. To parse through that setup, I wanted to bring on someone from the reality competition show world. So today we have on Sharon Tharp, who is one of the most prominent journalists covering Big Brother. And she hosts a show called The Exclusive with Sharon Tharp, on which she interviews people from Survivor and Big Brother and other shows of that ilk to talk about their shows, recap the traders, and more. Keep listening for my great chat with Sharon. Check out her podcast wherever you're listening to this one. And please take a sec to give Gabbing with Gib a five-star rating or a nice review if you're enjoying the show. I want to gab. Okay, so today we're gabbing with Sharon Tharp, the host of The Exclusive with Sharon Tharp, where she breaks down the gossip and game strategy and social media chatter around reality competition shows. She's been covering this world for over 15 years, and she nabs some amazing interviews. I'm pumped to chat all things traders with Sharon on today's show. Thanks for agreeing to do this. How are you? Of course. Thank you for having me. I'm amazing. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. We've never met before, but I, no. I follow you on social media. And again, I... I said to you right before we started recording that one of my favorite things about this second season of The Traders US so far has been paying attention to the conversation that's happening between Bravo fans and reality competition show fans. It's a really interesting one. I think that we're all kind of siloed in these different things. There aren't that many people that cross over. And um, so a lot of people aren't familiar with the legends of other kind of pockets of reality TV. Have you had fun watching that conversation unfold so far? Yeah. And it's interesting. Like, I totally get both sides because I get I watch a lot of Bravo, actually. I I my one weak spot is the Housewives, but I essentially watch Vanderpump, Summer House, Southern Charm, Below Deck, Top Tough. I watch all of that. And so I'm very much like Team Bravo as well. Like, I know they make great TV. And then, you know, of course, you're always going to have the competition show fans be a little more critical. Yeah. Uh, but it's been fun to watch. I I think it's like as long as it's playful and it's in good fun, like it's always great. It's when people get a little serious that I'm like, guys, 
it's just a show. Let's let's calm down. I totally agree. And, and we're actually kind of opposite. Like I operate sort of professionally in the Bravo world, but I have been watching Big Brother and Survivor since the beginning. So I'm very familiar with Janelle and Dan and Parvati and Sandra, but I'm not as like ingrained in the conversation around the shows, which I think kind of brings it to another level. How are you just feeling overall before we get into that conversation? How are you feeling overall about this second season of The Traders so far? I mean, I'm really enjoying it. I think the cast is really good. There's a few randoms in the cast, but like, I feel like you kind of need that. You can't really just always have like big personalities or only game bots. It's kind of a nice mix. And, you know, as like a Big Brother fan, because that is my like number one show, just to see Janelle, who has always been a favorite of mine, Mm -hmm. and Dan, who is my favorite Big Brother player of all time, come out of retirement after 10 years He could do, again, he's not even, you know, I know people are critical of his game, but I don't care as long as he's on my TV, I'm happy, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, wait, two questions. One, game bot, is that a term that's used for people that jump between a lot of the shows? What does that, what's that term mean? I actually don't know what like the official meaning is. I think people refer to game bot as just like someone who's strictly there to play the game, maybe not be the most entertaining person. Got it. Um, yeah, I think that's what it more refers to as just somebody who's like strictly strategy game. I'm here to win the money. I don't really care about the TV much. You know what I mean? I, so I who, think who, who's an example of that on the traders this season? I think Dan is is he, the thing about Dan is he also knows how to make good TV. Like he's done mm-hmm. Big Brother enough where he knows how production works and stuff. But he's a little bit of a game bot. A lot of times it's it's given to like more of the nerdy archetype people, which totally. I don't really have that this season. But yeah, I think I think Dan's a good mix, though. I know, again, people who are not familiar with Dan are like, he's boring. But this is kind of like Dan's shtick is like, he sits back, he waits until he has to kind of, which is happening now. So it'll be interesting. hundred <laughs> percent. And then had Dan, t- had Dan said that he was sort of retired from reality TV? Is that had, what he had announced? Because I, I, I just don't recall like where that stood with him. Yeah, I, I mean, he said it to me and in other interviews over the years got it at least with big brother he was like i have no interest and i was just with some big brother people last night and we were talking and the funny thing is people always say that oh i'm done never doing this again you know i'm sure bravo people do that too and give them a few years and then they come back so a few years and a nice paycheck it's it will get you to come back so i mean when i first saw this cast it was sort of like again we had kind of the quintessential legends at least from big brother and survivor you know and the challenge and then we had some pretty legendary housewives in the mix It it was it was a lot of titans of their worlds what was your first reaction to to seeing the cast and Second question is sort of like they they nixed the normies from the mix. And what was your takeaway on that? It's not that I don't like the normal people, whatever we want to call that. Right. Normal. <laughs> um, it's not that I don't like them because the UK is doing that right now. And I really am enjoying that season. And I, I, I've enjoyed a lot of seasons with just normal people. I think it's when it's split half and yeah, half. Yeah, me too. It's just it's never it's never an equal playing field. They never, I mean, it, we've seen it on even Survivor or Big Brother when they do half and half. It's just, returnees always do better. So for me, I'm happy they did all celebs, but I'm also open if they want to do in the future, like normal people, that's fine too. But I just think this is like a lot of reality TV titans, a lot of personalities. I mean, when did you ever think you were going to be like seeing Harvey Dan 
Phaedra in one room working. Uh, like, wild. mind blown. Mind blown. I mean, Janelle and Parvati just together on the same show, to me, is such a dream. So it's just, it really is. And I, I agree. It's the mixing that didn't work. And I actually thought that, like, you know, as as amazing as Ceri's moment at the end of last the first season of winning was... I think the like heartbreak of these two other sort of you know casualties of the of the quote unquote normies at the end, I actually think took away a little bit from her win of, of, of sort of a joyous feeling that should have been around her win. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I I've seen some stuff on social media too, and I know some people take this kind of personally, and like I can't even judge them because I am an emotional person, and I feel like if I were playing this game, it would be hard to separate that. But I do. I'm sort of in the notion of like, if you do sign up for a show, it's called The Traders. That's the premise. You know, you can be hurt for a bit, but the people that kind of linger on. There's people still talking about it, right? Like Ari just tweeted something about Suri. And I'm like, you also, Ari, you've been on TV before. You know how these things work. Maybe you didn't play a competition, but like you you signed up for this. And and Suri, uh, you know, she's cutthroat. And like, you probably should have done your homework. Right. Totally. Okay, so we're watching again these these, these really amazing Survivor and Big Brother players play tr- the traders. We're watching these four to five Bravo people play the traders. What are your biggest takeaways in terms of how these people from different worlds approach this game? That that's merged them into one. I think it's since it's their first time around. It's sort of like playing catch up. Uh, it, it depends on the person. Mm-hmm. I wish the housewives had kind of strategically been like putting their votes together because they're they're sort of throwing votes everywhere. And I'm like, guys, if you work together, you might be able to make some some moves here. And so like that's been a little frustrating. But again, they're not used to this world where the challenge survivor, Big Brother, there's they know numbers and they know how to like work that. I think someone like Peter or even Bergie, um, which we'll start to see um, in the latest episode, start to pick up on the strategy of it, which is fun to see because yeah. they're seeing they're doing it for the first time. And I Phaedra's coming on to it. I think she knows she gave Dan and Parv sort of the reins in the beginning, but I think now she's like, okay, I got to start <laughs> doing something here because they're just going to take it away, you know? 100%. And I, there's been some really cool commentary, I think, around how, like, housewives actually, if you think about it, there's a social game element to being a housewife in terms of, you know, there is maneuvering that happens in those casts and you have to play some sort of game to stay on the show. There are alliances, but I agree watching them split votes last time, which ended up with Larsa getting out. Exactly. was really tough to see because they have the numbers. They had the numbers, you know, and it, that was missed opportunity. With MJ, like that's four housewives. MJ, you have Kate coming in. I don't know her relationships with them, but there was enough there. And I think, you know, someone like Phaedra is so smart. We didn't really see much. We're not seeing much of Sheree or Tamara much, but yeah. like, Phaedra and Larsa is a big personality. So that was fun. And I thought Larsa and like, like Janelle, for example, would be like close or even Kate. Like, I'm interested to see like Kate's relationship with Janelle, like these big personalities. But it's just so fun to watch. Like, I I love Bravo. And like you said, these women, you know, they're uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're used to staying up till five in the morning filming. They're used to like bringing it for the cameras. So it's not like they're not used to production or like how this works. They're very seasoned. And in fact, maybe even more so than some of these reality TV competitions. hundred percent. And you're, you're just like, Oh, if you just watch one season of survivor, if you just watch one season of big brother as homework before coming into the castle, it could have been different. You know what I mean? Just one, right? Like, I think someone like Trishel 
she's on she's on on the competition series, but she's done her homework a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think I think someone like Phaedra, I'm sure she asked around. I don't think she watched, but it'll be interesting to see Kate because I have heard like someone yeah. told me that she did do her homework a little bit. I don't know if she actually watched, but she she's coming in knowing exactly who has won shows before. Like so, it'll be interesting. Great, I love that because especially because I thought she was a highlight of the first season even though she was totally unplugged from the game at a certain point, you know, cause she didn't really care, you know, halfway through her run on that show on the first season. But like, that's actually kind of what I was hoping that we would get a little bit from Lars. I, I was expecting Lars to stick around because they got Marcus out. Of course, she would never would have agreed to murder Marcus. She's obsessed with him. It's her boyfriend. And she talks about him all the time. So I, I that would, to me was a, for the TV sake, I was upset that we didn't get more of Larsa because she was really, she was bringing it. She was bringing us a lot of great moments. It was so good. And I just like think about it and I'm like, guys, if you actually do the numbers, if you ever, I don't know, like they get to go home or not home, they go to a hotel. Right. I would sit down and I'd be like, okay, you can cross out. You could do a process of elimination. Larsa's not a traitor. She would never get rid of her own boyfriend. Never. I, mean, I don't, I don't watch, like I said, I don't watch Housewives, but I've asked around, I've done my homework enough to know like, they're like this. Like, there's no way. Right. Come there's on. no way. I guess they just like wanted to get a housewife out kind of thing. Like they just sort of like wanted to get an obvious target out. But that was disappointing to me. Since you are such an expert in these competition shows, I'm curious what your read is on what the optimal strategy to being on the traders is. I guess break it down faithful or trader, but like in your mind, you know, we're talking strategy. What's the best approach? Hmm. See, it keeps changing because the more I interview other reality stars, the more they're like changing my mind about certain Mm. things. Like I recently talked to Tyson from Survivor and Kelly Wentworth and tonight I have Rachel on and and they're just bringing these things I've never thought of. But I guess obviously you have an advantage as a trader. So as a trader, it's tough. I feel like Dan, the first couple episodes when you're not saying names, I think it's okay. But I think we're at the point where you got to start saying names and, and taking some shots here. I'm not exactly sure the best strategy as a trader. I think it's like befriending people, make sh- making sure you have sort of in the, in the numbers, but also like letting them say names and then maybe supporting them. People, the faithfuls want support. So right. I don't know, something like that. And then as a faithful, and this is sort of what I was thinking about with like someone like Janelle or Sandra with Parv, although they're a little contentious. But uh, <laughs> if, if you know, like, I feel like Janelle knows Dan's a trader. Like, to me, I could tell. And, you know, I'm sure you can just from watching Big Brother. And so I think her optimal strategy should be, he's not going to kill her. As long as she's not saying his name, he's not going to kill her. So, like, keep him around. Still try to, you know, befriend people and and, and just kind of lay low and then strike later when you because you know he's a traitor. Like, try to figure out the traitors, basically, secretly. Silently, then, yeah. Yeah, like there's, I don't know. Everyone's, you know, every time I talk to someone, like I said, it, it's something new. I had Rachel on and she was telling me how she thinks Dan should go after Parv instead of Phaedra. And I'm like, oh, interesting. And so I'm just like thinking about all these mm. things and I, I don't know the optimal strategy, but I do know you don't need to get out traders. Like, because they're just going to recruit and then you're you, you're losing information. Totally, totally. And it, and it's one of those, the, the comedic relief of the show is kind of constant too, because all these people are so smart. They're so skilled at what they do, but they're also all wrong a lot of the time oh. on this show. They're <laughs> like, you smiled at me wrong, or you cheers at the wrong time, or you did this, you did that. 
and they're complete red herrings. You know what I mean? It's so that to me is actually what what's kind of funny about the traders throughout uh, is watching like a Janelle or a Dan or somebody like that just like get it totally wrong. Right. And I wonder, like, I don't know, someone like Larsa to me is like a complete faithful. So I, it's hard totally. for me to put myself in their shoes. I'm like, what are you guys seeing? But the other, the other side of it is like the Sandra approach of like, as long as it's not me, I don't really care who goes home. Right. Faithful, creator, whatever. Like once a name's out there, maybe you go with it because then people aren't saying your name. So I think that has a lot to do with it. There's a lot of like layers to it. It's not yes. just as easy as saying someone's name or voting out traitors. Like I know the host is always like, you have to get the traitors, but like, there's, a, there's more nuance. There's more nuance to that game. Yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. And also as somebody, I mean, as, as two people who know the Bravo world and the reality competition world, it feels so obvious. Like if you're thinking like a producer that you're going to make either Janelle or Dan a trader, you're going to make either Sandra or Parvati a trader, and you're going to make a housewife a trader. It's fan service. It's going to make the best TV. Why don't more of them think in that way? Exactly. Maybe they are and we're not seeing it because I could see it's maybe too meta that they don't want to show that. But 100%, I have to imagine at least any of the gamers or people that are like, they're doing the math, right? Like I know Peter's very much on the got to be a guy, mm -hmm. you know, men versus and that's a thing as well. Are they would they make a three women traders like, I don't know, that would be great. But like, probably not. But yeah, I, I would assume it's someone in the reality competition sphere and 100% a housewife. They don't put four housewives on this no. show. And not make one there. of them a trader. Exactly. No. <laughs> Which I guess makes it so like they they might just, you know, banish one after one until they get one of them right. You know what I mean? In terms of the housewives. I also thought about that with like Larsa. It's like, I get it. Like you want to get one of them out because one of them's probably a trader. But like to me, Larsa was like the most obvious non-traders. I know. And it's, you know, within the traders too, there becomes this competition right and we saw that last year when i forget who it was but i think sari threw somebody under the bus or something like that where they she voted somebody out at some point so we have phaedra versus parvati and dan sort of at the end of the last episode she gives this great little telling off of them within their little cave iconic and it kind of you know it came after larsa and mj being on dan's scent as well and that's that's how he sort of flipped it around he got himself out from under their noses which i think is kind of why he's so good at what he does is he's he likes to fade into the background and he did such a great job of getting himself out of that spotlight what did what do you make of some of those little relationships and some of those dynamics because dan's your favorite so you must have been impressed by that yeah this is my favorite part of the game is like the little moves for example the latest episode we'll see like you know, Peter mentioned something like, you know, Dan, I know we're really close. And I'm thinking to myself, since when are yeah. you guys close? They're not showing that. <laughs> so I think Dan is smart. I think he got in there. He sort of buddied up to some of the guys, Deontay, for example. I think he probably recognized recently that Peter is pretty smart. So he's probably trying to suck up to him a little bit. So like, we're not seeing everything he's doing. But mm -hmm. I do think one of the missteps that Dan had early on, and I think we'll see to, uh, in the latest episode, he recovered a little bit, is that he kind of, I don't know if he left Janelle to handle the housewives, but Dan Dan should have probably put a little bit more work in some of these housewives. Because if you're not talking to them or you're not really engaging with them, I think they're very easy to be like, oh, he's weird. like, Or he's not talking to us. Like, I don't know. He could be doing this and we're not seeing it, but we'll see in the latest episode. It seems like MJ's sort of come around on Dan. So I think he's putting in work that we're just not seeing. 
Right. He must be. And that that's the other thing that I think about on this show is like who we're seeing and not seeing, you know? And I think that, that sort of gives you some hints about who is either going to make it far or who might win or who might have a moment coming up. You know what I mean? Because like you said, we're barely seeing Sheree, for example. We're not seeing that much Tamra. There's other people who we really aren't seeing that much of. From your from your expert point of view, does that mean that they just probably will be kind of non-factors? Should we not read into that that much? What does that mean? Uh, good question. I think it depends on the show, on the editing, like who's doing it. I'm trying to think based on season one. I mean, we saw so much of Suri, so I don't... Right. It's hard to tell, but once in a while, you'll have a dark horse, someone who isn't shown much, you know, come out of nowhere, sort right. of like like Squid Game, like the first three episodes, like we didn't see the, you know, winner, but it depends. I think if the traders win, well, we're going to see them anyway. Of so it's, yeah. But maybe like if a faithful wins, like I'm trying to think, like someone like Tamara or Kevin or even John, if they win, it's like they haven't really been shown much. So that would be interesting. Right. And, may- and maybe they- maybe they just genuinely kind of are waiting to make their presence known more too, you know? Maybe they have a big move coming up and they wanted to like, you know, I think so- like a-, a show like Survivor, they used to, you know, it- they've switched it up on us because like they know edgic is a thing. They know people are reading into the edit. Um, sometimes they'll show the winner in the opening credits first. And then right. sometimes you won't see the winner though, through like half the merge. So you know, they're on to us. So they're not, you know, they're, right. they're switching it up. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it kind of feels like with the traders, like they're just the people behind the the editing and the producing all this, like they're just going to get better and better at it as the, as we get more seasons of this show. And, you know, they already learned, take away the mix of people, you know, it's like yeah. they're, you can tell they've already amped it up a lot. So I, I can only imagine what season three and four and five praying that we get those would yeah. look like. And you know what I hope they change a little bit is like they really need to rethink these missions. Mm-hmm. I'm sh- I'm sure you you've probably thought about this, but like a bunch of people are bringing it up. There's no incentive for the traders to like you know they have to sabotage or something because it's I agree. Just, it's just kind of a non-factor the, these missions. Like at the end, they all all seem to like always get the same amount of money anyway. It's just we need to fix that. That's the one. In this I completely agree. And it also gives the faithfuls less to go off of less, you know what I mean? Like that, like I said earlier, they go off these wrong cues. But if there was something in the mission where it was like, the traders get extra money if they make it so they don't win the money or something like that, like the mole, which was another yes. reality show. It's like that you, you can pick up clues from that setup. So I agree. I would love to see that truly. And there was one other thing that um, I was talking to another uh, big brother person. I don't recall who it is, but they had said faithfuls get a traitor. Like maybe they get like a break from murder that night, which would be an incentive too of like, because they get to murder even if they get a traitor. So there's like a few game mechanics I think we can work on, but the rest of it, I love. (laughs) I also have mixed feelings about the fact that they don't actually know how many traitors there are, which is tough to me sometimes it's tough it's tough plus the recruiting and it's like that's why i said getting out of trader isn't that great if right. they're just gonna recruit anyway and you're losing information now and you have to start all over <laughs> it really is stacked for the traders but it, again not a criticism it just that's kind of how the yeah. game is set up okay a couple sort of just like prediction type of things of the three traders that we have right now dan parvati and phaedra who do you think is going to be the first to be found out i think Dan is the first to go, although, and I had, I said this on my podcast, Dan has like 
a couple options right now. He's mm-hmm. getting banished regardless if he doesn't give a name. And so if he doesn't give a name, he's going to be banished. If he gives a name of a faithful, well, the next episode he'll be banished because everyone's like, you're wrong. But if he gives up a traitor and he's right and he can get the numbers, he might buy himself a little bit more time. And so it's a matter of what Dan does. I I don't know. I still feel like he probably goes out first. But if, you know, if he throws out Parv's name or something, I mean, Parv has a lot of heat on her too. Like in the latest episode, Kate comes in and just mentions something small like, oh, I'm not taking a drink from Parvati. So people are still talking about this drink. That So I don't know. Um, I think honestly... Pedro's probably going to outlast both of them. I don't know. I could see it. I could see it. Well, she also, she has, if she can be the less, the least obvious housewife, she has built in shields of the Mm -hmm. other faithful housewives and Bravo people, which she should play off that, I think, too, you know? Yep. I I think so. I I think we'll see, you know, how this sort of, you know, because there's a breakdown in the traitor's turret right now. They're they're not all getting along. There sure is. No, I mean, that that little speech, I I won't forget that for a while. (laughs) No one likes you, Parvati. (laughs) (laughs) Phaedra got activated and we love to see it. Love to see it. You know, of the faithfuls, who's playing the best game? Who has the best chance of potentially winning down the line? Who are you most impressed by? Um, I'm going off the latest episode. I think Peter has some strategic chops that he's starting mm-hmm. to show. I think there's a there's a few flaws in it, but I think, you know, he has he's impressing me a little bit. I think Bergie's making some really good points. We'll see in the latest episode. He's just he's really coming into his own and I think people underestimate him. Do I think he can win? I don't know, but I think you know, he has decent reads. I think that's the other thing. Some people just have terrible reads like it, it, I, I can't see like Sheree, love her, but like she doesn't have the best. Or even Kate last season, like love her, yeah. but like she got it wrong almost every time. So <laughs> I think sort of like Peter, Bergie, Trishel, I think maybe in CT, like depending on how it goes, one of them might do well. And then John's like one of those dark horses. Like we don't see much of him. He's but such a question mark. Yeah. No one's going after him. He seems like he'll be there for a minute. So who knows? <laughs> I agree. For me, I also, I was really impressed that MJ had sort of pointed out Dan really early on. I, I don't watch Shaws of Sunset. I wasn't that familiar with her, but I was really impressed by that, that round table they had that time. And obviously Larsa was part of that, but MJ was sticking it to Dan. So it, you know, she's obviously, he's put her off the scent a little bit, but I, I hope she loops back around on that. I, I could see her kind of also being kind of a dark horse. Yeah, I think she probably she's someone to me who's like picking up on vibes. And I feel like she just yeah, I, I think she's smart enough. She could be somebody who comes out and is like, you know what? It's Dan again. Yeah, totally. So Sharon, when you're thinking of I mean, it already got renewed for season three. So we're getting mm-hmm. a third season of the traders. Oh god. Who comes to mind when you think about who you would like to see on another stacked season of the traders? I mean, I hate to say like my friends, but like I told Tyson I'd love to see him on. I think he'd be really fun. I was telling, who was I talking? Oh, I know this is like a weird one, but like Nicole Franzel, hear me out. I think would be really fun as a trader. I think Kelly Wentworth. I think yeah. Josh Martinez. He's so messy. Throw him in there. Yeah, I think like I, I want some. I like the mix of like strategy and good television, right? So like Same. that's sort of what I'm thinking about. Like I don't want necessarily just like game bots who like maybe aren't the best tv or don't you know i think it's a good mix and those those kind of people 
are good. In terms of Bravo, oh, I got to think about this one. To, think to about- me, Lindsay Hubbard comes to mind for season, oh. from Summer House. I think that she would be fantastic. I think about, I don't, I know you don't watch Housewives, but I think Candace from Potomac would be a great, okay. would be great TV and a great faithful or trader, honestly. Who else? I mean, from Big Brother, I think Taylor Hale would be great. I think oh, Taylor would duh. be so fun. Yes. Yeah. Like they would be so fun. Cause again, I agree. It's like you have to find these people who are stars. They have the star quality and they will give you great confessional and they will give you a good round table. Cause to me, a round table is essentially a housewives reunion. <laughs> you know what I mean? Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe one of the Southern Charm guys could be on there. Like I a thought Craig, about that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Craig would only be good as like a faithful, probably. Uh, Who from Vanderpump Rules do you think? Oh, God. I mean, Sheena. I don't know. Sheena. Like, yeah, I can't. I think who's the most dramatic? I think Lala. I think Lala could oh, be good. Lala. But she would have to be a faithful, I think. Like, she would just be so messy. She would be a Larsa-esque faithful, yes. I think. Yes. I don't know. You know if what I mean? Re- Although she has pretty good reads. Like, she didn't love Raquel and see what happened. So I don't know. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Oh, my God. Well, Sharon, this has been so much fun. I really yeah. appreciate your perspective that you that you bring to analyzing this show. And um, I think we we had a nice meeting of the minds t- tonight. Of course. You got to come <laughs> on my podcast and explain this Housewives stuff to me. I would love to anytime. <laughs> do, do your plugs. Where, when, when do you release new episodes of your podcast? Where can people follow it? Because um, it really is a great listen. And you get some amazing guests on there. Thank you. Yeah. During the Big Brother season, obviously, I'm very, very active. I'm posting like three, four times a week. Um, Right now, I'm covering the traders. I'm doing a recap after every episode. My latest one is with Rachel Riley, who obviously was on season one. She has a lot of great insights on Janelle and Dan and Kate. You know, I'll talk to the Big Brother people. I try to get the housewives. I don't know if they want to come on my little podcast. These, These women are too famous for me. But you know what, Sharon? It's sort of like if you're on the traders, I think part of your personality is wanting to kind of do it all, be on, be on any show, do do interviews. And you know what? <laughs> as I as I've been doing these days with my, with this relatively new show, shoot your shot. You know what I mean? That's what you got to just do it. I'd love to have like someone like MJ on the you know totally. We'll see. But yeah, her so brain. I would love to. But yeah, you can subscribe. It's at exclusively pod on all on social media. And then same thing on YouTube. And it's just called the exclusive with Sharon Tharp. So yeah. Awesome. Give it a listen, guys. Go go check it out. And Sharon, th- thanks again for your time. I really appreciate you doing this. Thank you so much. This is so fun. So Thank fun. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the show. Subscribe to Gabbing with Gabe on any podcast platform to listen to new episodes. And subscribe to Gabbing with Gabe on YouTube to watch full-length versions of our interviews. We'd also love your support with a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can follow me at Gibsonoma on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And keep up with all things Gabbing with Gabe at Gabbing with Gabe on Instagram and TikTok. Gabbing with Gabe is an independent podcast hosted by me, Gibson Johns. It's produced by myself and Riley Dabbs. Graphics are by Rachel Roth and our cover art photography is by Troy Hallahan. If you want to reach out about guest booking, sponsorship, or advertising opportunities, email us at gabbingwithgib at gmail.com. Thank you again for your support and see you next time.